0: Thank you for downloading the Aging Matters podcast. To find out more about how Transitions Life Care is providing care and comfort for life's changing needs, visit transitionslifecare.org.
1: This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Nicole Clagett and Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of
2: Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. I am Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett representing Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Nicole, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing wonderful. I'm I'm, I'm actually kind of glad we have a little bit more cool in the air now.
2: I know. it's uh, It's been an odd winter so far, but I, I think it might be here for good.
0: I think so. I'm, I was starting to get concerned that it could be a very buggy this spring. So I'm going to kill those bugs yeah. a little bit. We, we <laughs> don't want
2: that, especially with you working in your garden later in the year. Oh, no, you, you want
0: to actually get some vegetables again, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
2: (laughs) Well, Nicole, let's get to business here. We've got some wonderful guests here in the studio, and we're going to be talking about psychological well-being in healthcare. And that's that's so very important for our professionals and for our caregivers and for us. And it's it, it goes everywhere. And to do that, uh, we brought in a few experts. We've got a return guest. We've got Christine Bellino. She is the marketing director for Pace. Christine, thank you so much for being back with us.
3: Thank you very much for having me.
2: We also have Tony Hively. She is the executive director with Volunteers of America. Tony, thank you so much for joining us as well.
0: It's very nice to be here. Thank you for having me. So I really love this. Topic for lots of reasons. First and foremost, I'm particularly biased in being a social worker myself. So anytime we can talk about the psychological well being, I think is is super important. You know, when we work in healthcare, oh, it always seems to be, and it's just the way it's geared, right? Healthcare. We the the first thing we think about related to our patients, our clients, our participants has to do with what their diagnoses are, right? So whether it's you know they have Alzheimer's or they're Parkinson's disease or whatever it may be, it's seems like much further out in the mushroom do we start ever to think about their psychological well-being. The focus is always on what's physically wrong with that individual. So I'm really glad that you're going to be highlighting that topic today. Thank you so much for having us. It is um, a huge,
3: huge issue. Um, And that's one of the great things about PACE is that we are able to look at the individual as a whole, and mm-hmm. not just the diagnosis. So past the diagnoses, their environment, what they eat, you know, their family dynamics, things like that. Right.
0: So you're saying the word PACE, and so PACE can mean a lot of different things to people that are listening, but it, could you explain exactly what PACE is? Yes,
4: PACE is a program for all-inclusive care for the elderly. Okay. It's a national program, so it's in over 30 states. Mm-hmm. We're with Senior Community Care in North Carolina, which is the Volunteers of America organization, and we provide the all-inclusive care whether that's medical, social, transportation, to all the different medical appointments or address any social needs they have. Um, So we're really looking at the well-being totally of that individual. People that want to stay in place in their home as they age.
0: Right, so it's really wrapping your arms around that individual and looking at all sort of the spheres of what makes up and what's important. So that that family well-being, as you were saying, you know, the activities, the transportation, all of those pieces really come into play. So I really, really do love that program, and I want to say I want to commend both of you. I know that's a very, very hard program to run and to manage, and it can be very stressful, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you have a bucket of money to do everything for all these individuals, So those people who work in PACE programs, I greatly appreciate. I saw them while growing up in healthcare in New York State. And I always yes. remembered that they were a very big struggle, so important, but really trying to figure out how to make that work. So thank you for what you do. Oh, it's well, super thank important. Thank you. It's um, hard trying to keep all the balls in the air, yes. but it's very
4: rewarding. It's very rewarding. My,
0: my thing about the balls is often you just have to remember which ones are glass and which ones right. are rubber, right? <laughs> right. <So> the, <laughs> that is The rubber ones way can bounce, but the right. glass ones, we can't drop that one at all. Exactly, so, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about that psychological well-being. I mean, we often talk about on this show various different aspects of caring for an older adult. And one thing that we often talk about is primarily as isolation, right? Correct. I mean, when an individual who wants to remain in their home, as most people do, most people want to age in place, and your program helps allow people to do that, I um, A lot of times they are home alone and they have no interaction with anyone. And frankly, the way society seems to be changing, you don't even really necessarily have that sort of neighborly feeling nowadays. People don't really even check in on each other because everybody wants their privacy. That's correct.
4: Or you don't have your grown children living next door to you or even much less in your town.
5: Exactly. You know,
4: I used to have a medical director that said 20% of what we do is medical and the other 80% is social. Mm-hmm. And I think it is, it, it does impact our ability to take care of someone medically if they're depressed or lonely or isolated or they can't get out to meet other folks or they might not have groceries in the house. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes our folks come and visit us in the center, and then, you know, we have them come back routinely, and they might say, I'm not going to talk to anybody again or see anyone until I come back to the center on Thursday. Right. So we have to remember there are people out there that are living in isolation, and that does have a big impact on your ability to take care of yourself and how you feel.
0: So one of the great components about the pace programs that I absolutely love, and I, I, I'm biased to this because I used to run a number of adult daycare centers myself, is that adult day components. I often feel like that is one of the best kept secrets in long term care: the ability for somebody to come out of their home and to come into an environment where there's socialization and there's activities and there's a meal and there's medical help. I think that is so super important.
4: Mm-hmm. It is very important, and the one thing about aging, you know, we no one can escape. So people that come to our adult day center, some are very educated, some are not. Uh Some have family in town and some don't. Uh But the interesting point is we have folks that say, no, I don't think I'll take part in the day center. That's not me. I'm not a Mm – but, you know, once they come, they get in that routine. It's a purpose, getting up and getting dressed and getting out and interacting with others. And they really do enjoy it. And we find that it's a very important piece of what we do.
3: And they do start a whole new network between friends and their drivers and their CNAs. Mm -hmm. They absolutely, you know, it's it's a completely new experience for them, and a positive has a positive impact on their health.
0: And if you think about, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? You know, the very tippy top is that self actualization piece. But what we all really want is that sense of purpose, right, Mm -hmm. and the sense of belonging, Belonging. and and the sense that we're contributing. And so, one of the great things that I think about uh, with programs like yours. is the ability to do that where you may have groups of people in the same room with you know different backgrounds and different needs and different experiences they can really give to each other and so you have somebody who may be at home is feeling like you know they just don't have much to contribute when they come to that adult day center they may be able to assist somebody with something or help somebody through a problem or have some ideas or even I'm, I'm guessing you probably even have some volunteer type experiences where people do things that give back to the community.
4: Correct and and as we said, our people come from many dis- different walks of life, mm-hmm. and sometimes they've experienced many things. They might be distant from their children. They might have suffered some abuse when they were growing up. And they actually learn to share those stories with others, so mm-hmm. it becomes really um, connecting with others mm-hmm. and being able to talk rather than sit at home and think about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and again, I think it contributes to their overall health in the long run.
0: I would agree. And the other part that I think is is really important is when we think about mealtime that communal meal uh, you know I I, I would think about sometimes you know and and probably the both of you as well if you're at home alone and mm-hmm. you don't have people to care for like with my kids aren't home and my husband's not home I'm perfectly happy just sitting there with a bowl of cereal I don't right. have to fuss right? right so if I was living alone you know 24 7 7 days a week that just might become my routine and then what happens is, is you just don't meet your nutritional needs. I mean, it's kind of fun on the weekend to n- go, I don't have to do anything for anybody, right. and I'm going to have a bowl of cereal. But if that was an ongoing situation, I, that could become a problem after a while.
4: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Our folks that come to the Day Center get a breakfast, mm-hmm. a continental breakfast, a warm lunch, and mm-hmm. then they also get snacks. And again, when we go out to eat, to me, it's just as much about the social.
0: Yes. If and not it, more. Yes.
4: And if, if for our folks that come to the Center, it's about social, but at the same time, they're getting their nutrition nutritional meals Mm -hmm. and the great thing about our staff is they know when people have limited food Mm -hmm. in their home so they'll also send home frozen meals home with people that don't have enough in the refrigerator or whatever That's so awesome. it continues that and they become great critiques about the food so they had, had no specific so choices so um it's just like running a cafeteria a lot you know?
3: and, it, and it does go beyond food as well because once somebody is not wanting to eat and somebody is not wanting to then they don't want to get dressed or they don't want to clean yeah and that makes them you know more ill in many cases well
0: yeah and i mean it just the isolation and the malnutrition alone a lot of that can create a depressive state yes. and then also there are some such things as we talk about from time to time, reversible dementias. I mean, if you're not meeting your needs and you're completely isolated, sometimes you start experiencing what seems like memory loss. But the reality of it is, for some people, when you start implementing some of these measures, like what you provide at Pace, suddenly they seem like they miraculously get better. And it oh. really has to do with the fact that they're engaged in activities, and they're eating, and they're, you know, getting out and about, and they're not. Al- they have something to look forward to. Yes. They're happy.
4: Right. Yeah, and we see a lot of times when people first start coming to the center and then we see them six months later, we don't hardly recognize yes. them. Yes. When you they compare start photos putting, and things. Yes. They start putting a little makeup on, fixing yep. their hair. They're not being resistive to taking a shower mm-hmm. or a bath to get ready for the day and they're excited about, many of them start off just being excited to see their driver. Yeah, They yeah. become personally connected to that It's almost driver. a new
0: lease on life. Yes.
2: It's a transformation. We've got Tony Hively in the studio. She is the executive director with Volunteers of America. We also have Christine Bellino here in the studio. She is marketing director for Pace and we're going to continue our conversation all about psychological well-being right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care here on News Radio 680 WPTF.
1: This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights. Here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening
2: to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. We have two wonderful guests here in the studio. We have Christine Bellino. She is the marketing director for PACE. And we also have Tony Hively, executive director of Volunteers of America. And we are talking all about psychological well-being and health care. Nicole, and we were just wrapping up a, a conversation related to uh, social isolation and the, the negative effects of that and how uh, we can kind of transform people by socializing and getting them out and about in the community. Again.
0: Yeah, I mean, in the not too distant past, we just had the holidays and folks were visiting loved ones at home and they were starting probably to notice some changes and that can create great alarm or denial in the family <laughs> caregiver, depending on which way you're going you're gonna to take it. And so, um, you know, and, and one of those things, you know, that you often see is geez, mom doesn't look the way she used to look. She doesn't seem to be taking care of herself the way she was. She's not going out. She's saying things like, oh, I never liked that prayer group anyway. Oh, I don't like that bunch of ninny, those ninnies. They were, not, they were never fun. They were too catty. Um, and then you know you enter in a service such as PACE and you all do an exceptional job of assessing that psychosocial well-being and the areas in which you can kind of help prop that person up. Talk to us a little bit about how you do that.
4: Okay for to get into the program not only do we look at their medical needs you know we have nurses and we have doctors etc but we also have social workers we have a mental health um, counselor um, we have transportation goes out and assesses where they live and do they have easy access getting in and out. We have nutritionists. So they're really doing a full assessment. So we learn about that person. What are they like now? Mm-hmm. And what were, they, what were some of the things they enjoyed in their past? Mm-hmm. What's the family support? Do they have friends? Mm-hmm. Um, and as well as the nutrition and all of that. So that gives us a good picture mm-hmm. of what we're dealing with and what services we might have to wrap around them mm-hmm. to move forward. And, um, from there, we' determine then. Mm -hmm. what services they need, and we work closely with the family. Every one of our folks have a complete care plan, and I don't know if there's anything else you would like to add to that, Christine? That care plan is reviewed at least every six months,
3: Mm -hmm. so we take into account the fact that somebody's psychosocial needs may change significantly, and their medical needs may change significantly, you know, from one period to the next. So it's not like you're getting an annual checkup, and you're going to go see your doctor, and they're going to say, okay, you, well, you still have X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Every six months, that entire team will review your case and your situation, your family dynamics, everything that's going on in your life and determine what other services you may need and what services you no longer need.
0: Well, and I really appreciate the fact that it's not a cookie cutter approach Mm -hmm. that you really look Mm -hmm. at that individual. Specifically, I think we don't often give enough put enough emphasis on the activities for an, of an individual, right? I mean, I, I run a training for um, professionals to, to, to really illustrate this point where I'll stand up in front of the room and we do an activity we call hobbies and everybody writes down, you know, their top five things that they love to do in their spare time and then I have everybody guess my top five things just by looking at me because that's basically a lot of times what we do in healthcare and, of course, they look at me and I'm, the, gosh, you know, soaking wet. <laughs> I don't weigh a lot, let's put it that way. And so they automatically assume I'm a runner, and you know, all these just always, it's so typical. And then, you know, or I are a ballet dancer or something like that. And then I'll laugh and I'll say, please don't ever put me in a running group. <laughs> I hate running. I get runner stitch and I just don't like it. And guess what? I can't even touch my toes when I mm-hmm. bend. I'm not flexible at all. I'm not a ballet dancer. And so people are just like shocked. But you know, the reality of it is, is we just make assumptions. And I think, you know, if we can actually take the time to really learn about about that individual, what their interests and activities were in the past. And they may not be able to do them exactly the way they used to do them, but if they were a baker and they have a cognitive impairment and they can't follow a recipe from beginning to end, we can provide some assistance so they can still have success Mm -hmm. and enjoy that baking experience. But if you were somebody who didn't like cooking, I don't know if either one of you don't care to cook, you may may or may not, and we stick you in a baking group, next thing you know, you're throwing batter at the lady next to you, you know? So, you know, so I think I, I give you a lot of credit for doing that because I think a lot of organizations like to think that they do some of them mm-hmm. but they really don't and right. so it is just so super important especially if you're working with a person with a cognitive impairment to really adapt those activities because it makes the rest of the day go so much smoother.
4: Right. We have a group that's called Cooking Matters which is wonderful because uh-huh. it teaches people how to cook healthy
0: yep.
4: and it's funny when we assess people where they want in the group some people are like ah that's beyond me my kids are grown up I'm not yeah. cooking anymore yep, and then yep, others yep. are very interested and then we have more men that want to join the group uh-huh. now because they're cooking. That's awesome. So it's true it's really important to look at the individual. Definitely. Definitely.
0: Definitely. So let's talk a little bit about PACE specifically. First of all, we talked a little bit about what it was, but what types of services are included and how is it paid for?
4: Right. We have um, 11 disciplines that will assess and work with someone along the way. Okay. And we are a capitated program, which means the state and the federal government Give us a set amount of money for each participant. Mm -hmm. And then we take care of all their needs. And when you say
0: all their needs, what is that?
4: Okay, it's their medical care. And that does include any hospitalization, any medications. So there's no copay for any medications. So there's no reason for them not. To take their meds, right. they don't have to choose between buying groceries and so paying a So you have a, a pharmacy. We work with a pharmacy okay. specifically, okay. yes, and we pay for anti-dental care. Oh wow! Um, mental if we health, have limited food, mental health. Um, If they need nursing visits regularly, Mm -hmm. you know, we set up their medications in their home. Okay, that's great, but maybe they need queuing or maybe they need someone to check to make sure they're taking their medications. Mm -hmm. We have a mental health counselor on the team. We have a chaplain. So we have a lot of wraparound services. then the adult services. day program, the, adult the transportation. Day program. We have adult day program. We have home health so we can have aids, personal aids to go out and help them get ready, get them ready for bed, meal prep. Mm-hmm. We also have the adult day health center where they can come in for um, socialization, entertainment, nutrition. We have dietitians that can um, prepare meals, help them with meals, advise them on what they can and can't do. So, yeah, we have, and all of this is at no cost to them. Once they qualify for our program, there are no copays. So, if they have to go to an orthopedist, Mm -hmm. a cardiologist, they go, we pay for it. They do not pay any copay. So, once they're in the program, there's no direct cost to the participants.
3: And it is income-based, so if they so do to say have- So how do you qualify? Yeah, so yeah. we do have a, um, a private pay, which is just under $5,000 a month for, mm-hmm. for certain people, but that's not a very popular option. <laughs> Most of the people are on Medicare and Medicaid, so dually more than 90%, eligible? dually okay. eligible. And if they make more than, at this time, as of tonight, if they make more than $1,041 a month, say they make $1,042 a month, they would have a monthly copay of a dollar a month. So it's their income minus $1,041, and if they're making less than 1041 a month, then they have zero copay. Nothing else is, there is no copay, monthly um, copay for anything. So
0: so for those listening, I mean, do you have, I mean, it sounds like this is an awful lot of coordination to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there sort of a territory that you kind of serve folks? I mean, you know, is there a distance that's too far that you just couldn't include somebody in the program? How does that work?
3: So that's an excellent question. And Tony had mentioned before, PACE is a national program. Mm -hmm. So there are programs in 31 states at the moment, and they are all divvied up regionally. So our program, Senior Community Care of North Carolina, run by Volunteers of America, covers most of Durham, most of Wake, and a portion of Granville counties. There are a couple of zip codes that we don't cover. Some of those are covered by other PACE organizations, um, but we do cover most of Durham, most of Wake and a a sliver of Granville. And if you are interested in PACE and would like to know if you are in an area that is covered by a PACE organization, you can just Google DMA PACE and um, there's a link there for service locations and it will give you any service area um, in the country. So if you're listening to this and you're in New York and you have a family member you know who's in Raleigh, you can look up to see if there's a PACE organization there that serves them.
0: So to help people wrap their minds kind of around the difference that a program like this can make, talk to us a little bit about, if you can, a case or a situation that you've been able to assist with that's led to a really positive outcome.
4: Well, you know, most of us think when we age, we age in our own home, and once we leave our parents' home, that's it. (laughs) But we actually, with people living longer, in this case, um, a gentleman had to return home to live with his mother. He had been diagnosed with Parkinson's at a young age, limited resources. His mother had limited resources, so he moved back home with his mother to kind of help with his care. Mm-hmm. But as she was aging and declining, it became harder for her to take care of her son. Mm. So he really needed help. And they found about found out about Senior Community Care of North Carolina and um, started inquiring. And so he qualified and we um, had him enter into the program. And this gentleman had many limitations and he came regularly and he interacted I mean he became a different person, so different that he learned how to take the bus, he was physically improving wow. by getting on the right medications.
1: Wow. He had taken and several sure he medications. Was
4: taking it and taking sure, making sure he was taking it, that it really had an impact on his life. So then he started learning how to take the bus routes. So now he's almost too busy to come visit us <laughs> around his appointments. But he has a totally different life and he's yeah. not that old.
3: So when he came to us, he was in a wheelchair Yes. And he would get up every once in a while because he would have these spurts of energy and he would really feel like if I don't utilize the spurt of energy while I have it, I'm going to lose it. Mm-hmm. And because I have Parkinson's I'm just going to continue decline. To decline. So he would literally sit up from stand up from his wheelchair and run a couple of paces and fall down. Oh. He is not in a wheelchair today. He gets on the bus on his own. And just by medication management, by socialization, by getting a couple of things under control. And like Tony said, he is pretty much too busy to come to the day center
0: (laughs) these days. Well, congratulations. So if folks want more information about how to get a hold of PACE and uh, to talk to you all, what's the best way they can reach out? You can give us a call
3: at 919-425-3000. It's 425-3000. Or just Google Pace. DMA PACE, because there are lots of organizations called PACE out there, (laughs) but if you do DMA PACE, it'll come up with the information that you need.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
2: That phone number again, 919-425-3000, 919-425-3000, or Google DMA. Pace. Christine Bellino, marketing director for Pace, and Tony Hively with Volunteers of America. She's the executive director also involved with Senior Community Care of North Carolina. Thank you both so much for coming in this evening and spending some time with us. Thank
4: Thank you you so much for having us.
2: We've got to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more. Stick around. You are listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF.
1: This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF with your hosts, Nicole Clagett and Jason Kong. News Radio 680 WPTF, this is Aging Matters, care
2: and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, we're gonna shift our focus here a little bit and we're gonna be talking about dementia care and behavior and uh, management for activities of daily living. And to do that, we've brought in LaToya Galberth. She is the owner and she's also an oc- occupational therapist for Galberth Health. They focus on in-home rehab and dementia care. LaToya, thank you so much for coming in this evening.
0: Thank you too for having me, it's a pleasure. Well, I have to say, I said this off air, but I'm going to say one of my most favorite disciplines in the entire world is the discipline of the occupational therapist. <laughs> you all just understand how everything works in the world, so
5: thank you for what you do. Absolutely not a problem. Yeah, we're usually, and I I, I come off uh, a bit biased sometimes <laughs> in just describing uh, rehab in general by saying that occupational therapy truly is holistic in nature. It is. And when it uh, relates to cognitive impairments and dementia care, I find that we're able to uh, delve a bit deeper both physically and cognitively to allow uh, maximum uh, functional independence for our seniors with dementia.
0: And you really do. I mean, you you have a great way of, as a whole, as a group of occupational therapists, of really breaking things down for Mm -hmm. people to understand. Really step by step. I think that's just the nature of what you do, which is probably why it works so well for dementia care. Absolutely.
5: Absolutely. It's been very essential, especially from a caregiver standpoint. And again, and when you're looking at dementia care and just so many variables again both internally and externally we are able to assist caregivers and uh, definitely piecing together uh, those puzzles if you will um, because it's a lot and I've met a lot of caregivers who um, just kind of note how draining it is um, again from a physical standpoint in terms of ADL care and I often say um, Sometimes I feel as though my uh, home office should be in a bathroom just because I spend so much of my time there. Um, But again, any way that we can help alleviate some of that caregiver burden, because believe it or not, and uh, many of you are probably uh, fairly familiar um, with bathing and dressing and grooming as it relates to the senior with cognitive impairment, it's not um, always a great time, and sometimes it can be uh, quite a challenge. So just being able to go in there and, again, just sort of – find out what some of those triggers are and again uh, alleviate some of those burdens for caregivers and staff is uh, usually um, the ultimate goal.
0: So one of the biggest pain points for family caregivers and mm-hmm. oftentimes, is one of those things where it's the straw that breaks the camel's back and it's when that family member decides "We, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I either need to bring an outside help or I have to place them. Has to do with the battles over bathing.
5: Absolutely.
0: Where does that come
5: from? Oh, my goodness. Where does it not? Sometimes (laughs) is what I say. I
0: mean, I guess if you think about it, I don't really want somebody bathing me either. Absolutely. So let's just think about that right from there.
5: No, and just putting things in perspective. And a lot of times when I'm, um, again, just completing trainings, especially with families and caregivers, I'll say, you know, just sort of think about your own shower experience. And imagine if, you know, you went home tonight and um, you had someone just turn off the lights or place all of your ADL items in disarray um, and just cause that disorientation and that confusion for you and say, all right, you've got 10 minutes to shower. We're gonna decrease the temperature. And again, these are things that we need to take into consideration from an internal standpoint that makes it very challenging and very uncomfortable for that senior with dementia care. So a lot of it stems from there and just trying to find ways again to pinpoint or identify those triggers and just trying to listen in. And I usually, try to get caregivers, um, instead of finding a way out, I say find a way in, Mm -hmm. which is trying to insert yourself into their reality, Mm -hmm. um, what they're thinking or what their uh, thought processing may be at that time. And for me, and I know it, Sounds a bit weird, but whenever I'm completing an evaluation or an assessment, I usually um, just sort of uh, imagine myself taking a casual stroll through the mind of that particular senior with cognitive impairment. Um, and I'm not a neurologist by any stretch of the imagination, but I am quite familiar with uh, different parts of the brain and how they function and mm-hmm. how those impairments may translate into 88. ADL care and impairments or behaviors, if you will. Um, So again, there may be um, impairments in areas of sequencing or lack of inhibition um, or safety awareness. So again, just trying to insert yourself, again, in the mind and the body of that particular senior and understand where they're coming from and why they may be afraid or where, again, that source of pain or discomfort may be coming from during that particular process.
0: And I think part of one of the issues that we have um, is that we are, instilling on that person, that mm. older adult, what we think has to be done. Absolutely. Right? You know, and, and really, what did that older person do in the last 24 hours to make them that dirty that you have to stick them in a shower that they really don't exactly. want to do? I mean, it's one thing. Yeah. I understand if they were so continent that yeah. it was, you know, that's one thing. Yes. But it's not even my six-year-old that was rolling around in the mud like a little piggy <laughs> <laughs> last night. Exactly. Right? And so it's kind of one of those... Situations where, because we feel like we have to take a shower every day, which reality is probably we really don't either. Absolutely. But that's us <laughs> for another whole show. Um, you know, why do we why do we put that on that right. person? And maybe they were not always a shower person. Maybe Absolutely. they were a bath person. Maybe they were, a, what they used to call it, I mean, I used to meet my grandmother she, you would never think she was a dirty woman, but she would take, you know, bird baths. Yeah, she, you know, yeah. she called them bird baths. Absolutely. And it was not like this whole
5: immersive
0: yes. shower situation. Yes,
5: and that's what they're most accustomed to. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just trying to tap into their context, getting a little bit more uh, familial history from families, caregivers alike. Again, just to kind of see what that bathing process was like for them years and years ago. Because generally, that's what they're reverting back to right. is what bathing was like 20, 30 years ago. Well, if not more. not last week exactly exactly so again um, having us have the opportunity to come in and modify their environment or their context according to what's most comfortable for them and what they are accustomed to Um, and again as you spoke to um, just our need to sort of uh, get things done and check our checklist off especially again as staff and caregivers and I totally understand um, definitely depending on the community that you're operating in you know there I've heard you know many frustrations from staff and saying well I've got a shower so-and-so and you know Mr. So-and-so before 12 and it's eleven fifteen, and right it's they're kind of already creating the perfect recipe for a disaster because now they're rushing right. and they're not paying attention to their context or environment so obviously this is going to be more of a burden to you um, and definitely more of an unpleasant experience for them so I, I know it Sounds a bit counterintuitive, but sometimes just slowing down will help speed the process yes, up. Yes, yes. Um, so again, you don't want this particular um, resident or senior working against you, but if you're able again to just, again, pinpoint some of those triggers. And again, that's where we're able to to come in. And I always say, um, I'm always recruiting others to help me in becoming the Sherlock Holmes of dementia <laughs> care. Um, and just trying to find those areas um, of improvement, um, again, because we can make it a, a way more enjoyable experience for ourselves as well as, as well as our seniors. So if
0: I was a family member at home right now mm-hmm. listening, and I'm really just starting to, to to find some frustration points with the bathing and the sh- and in the toileting and all of that yes what are I I know it's not a one-size-fits-all but yeah. what are some of the sort of common culprits to create the situation
5: well I have had quite a few complaints initially just in regards to the temperature in that yep. particular area and, and your feeling of temperature changes absolutely as you get older. absolutely and I know for myself and I'm just a stickler for always sort of uh taking work home just mentally and again just trying insert myself um, again in the mind and bodies of some of the seniors that I treat and I know when I step outside of my shower at night I'm pretty cold and I'm just cold nature just naturally so I can again only imagine what some of my clients are experiencing as well so again trying to create a warmer environment trying to incorporate things in that environment that are soothing or more comfortable for them if they enjoy music maybe just having a radio nearby again just to kind of uh, calm or create for a more soothing mood Um, some things to take into consideration is uh, adaptive equipment whether or not there's a shower bench available sometimes fatigue can be a trigger for most so looking at time of day even absolutely Um, obviously with sundowning you may you know want to try for early a.m. in terms of um, getting those ADLs going um, at least in terms of completion for the remainder of the day a, because Obviously, as the day progresses, they are more prone to disorientation and confusion and sometimes agitation. Again, just kind of contingent on what some of those triggers are. Um, So again, just setting up the environment as best you can. And it's not going to be foolproof 100% of the time, but I always say I would rather us have a routine or a strategy that works 75% of the time versus two or 3% of the time. Um, So consistency is key. And again, it definitely involves some, some homework on our end.
2: That's great advice, LaToya, and I love what you said earlier about instead of trying to find a way out, find a way in. I Mm -hmm. think that's wonderful advice. We're gonna continue our conversation. We've got LaToya Galberth in the studio. She is an occupational therapist and owner of Galberth Health, and we're gonna continue our conversation all about behavioral and activities of daily living management for those who are experiencing dementia or involved with dementia care. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of transitions life care it's your life your care on news radio 680 WPTF
1: This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one. With Nicole Clagett and Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort
2: that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. I'm Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett and our guest in the studio is Latoya Galberth. She is an occupational therapist and also owner of Galberth Health and they focus on in-home rehab and dementia care which makes her a great expert to talk about our topic here tonight and that is uh, behavioral and activity of daily living management for those with uh, dementia or involved in dementia care and Nicole I I know we want to get to some tips here and some strategies for those who may be in a scenario like this? Yeah,
0: I think that's super important. I love some of the insight that's already been provided about some of those bathing battles. But what are some other tips and strategies that could be implemented by that family caregiver listening today that is really just struggling with continuing to provide that ongoing care because we off, we know that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So kind Absolutely. of what are some things that we can do to try to improve our
5: days? Absolutely. And I know that you guys had of uh, Snow yes. on a few months ago. Excellent, excellent expert in this area, by the way. So I don't want to sound too redundant to your more loyal listeners. Um, but essentially, it is all in the approach. Um, and that's something, again, that... Uh, we have to take into consideration in terms of perspective. So my approach, for example, with my 15 month old is different from my approach with senior care professional, let's say at a networking event, mm-hmm. which is different from my approach with my husband, which is different from my approach with a stranger in the grocery store. So essentially what we're doing is trying to find uh, the best or the most effective way to communicate uh, to the other person to have them understand where we're coming from and then have that reciprocated. So that essentially is the same process for our seniors, especially again, those with cognitive impairments. So again, not obviously talking to them as if they were a child but trying to understand what it is that they're trying to communicate to you and again this involves some digging and it will definitely involve some trial and error so again just kind of taking note especially as it relates to behavior so what may be a potential trigger prior to this behavior for instance i had a lady that we were working on um, again ADLs, specifically toileting and she would complete every other transfer Perfectly, one hundred percent accuracy um in a lot of those transfers, whether it was in and out of bed, in and out of the, the dining room chair, in the living room. But when it came to sitting on the actual commode, uh, that's where we again started to to sense a little bit of resistance. Um, and she would essentially kind of go down and place her rear down and say, Whoop, nope, that's not gonna happen. So essentially a <laughs> Did she need her rugs,
0: toilet seat?
5: <laughs> and a soft, cozy
0: one. There you go. And we My actually grandma had one of those
5: <laughs> But for this particular client it did the trick. <laughs> and we were able to um, and the daughter was completely on board in purchasing uh, a toilet seat warmer yeah, 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 in yeah. A sense. <laughs> and and just like that, issue eliminated. So I mean, imagine what uh, transpired in this case in terms of incontinence. So now she's at an increased risk of UTIs because staff's not able to get her to the bathroom and able to utilize Mm -hmm. it on a consistent basis. And obviously with UTIs, you'll see an exacerbation in negative behaviors. And then that cycle just goes on and on and on. So again, just trying to pinpoint, um, again, as best you can. And again, inserting or having other uh, professionals, especially in this particular arena, whether it's healthcare care or just senior care with a specialization in dementia care, just kind of come in and help with that assessment is key as well. So I think too, mm-hmm. you know, really when you're going back in time with that individual,
0: mm-hmm. when, you, when they're talking about memories and maybe t- talking to you as if you were their mom versus yes. their daughter, that can kind of Give you an idea of a sense of where they are in time and space. Absolutely. And so you know, to the I'm poking fun at the kind of fluffy toilet seat that yeah. my grandmother had. Yeah. But you know, the reality of it was is she was talking about things back in the day. Yeah. That's why that kind of came to my mind. It was like, well, then that was the kind of the seat that people used back in the yeah. day, and that's probably what she's expecting her bottom to hit. Exactly. And it's not. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, you do kind of have to do, be like that Sherlock yeah. Holmes. Yeah. I think another thing that we need to all be very aware of. Of as professionals as well and family caregivers. Mm-hmm. Of, as a person continues to progress with dementia, mm-hmm. the nonverbal communication already is a huge percentage of communication in general, whether Absolutely. or not you have a cognitive impairment, but when you do, Absolutely. they're really relying on that. So if you are looking hurried or angry or rushed yes. or irritated, whatever it may be, they're yes. picking up on those vibes. Absolutely. Even though if, even though you may have like this little fake smile yeah. on and be talking in a sing song yes. tone. They Your body's can sense coming out it. At them in a different way they
5: can sense it and body language is so so important mm-hmm. and again i i rarely ever have you know 100 uh, participation or just willingness to participate in a shower but whenever i enter my client's room again particularly the bathroom i'm making it an experience that is positive that's full of bliss and happiness as much as I possibly can to hopefully try to garner some of that buy-in. So reset yourself before you walk in. Absolutely. And that's the other piece
0: too. Put the cell phone away. There you go. Take a minute, your own personal time out for a minute to get yourself ready. Absolutely. For that sort of. Potential battle. I mean, exactly. I don't want to talk about it negatively, but you need to just sort of frame yourself you sometimes.
5: You do. You do. And I know sometimes it's easy for us to sort of get in a rut and kind of base our, our current uh, oh, task. Geez. Here we go again. There you go, based on yesterday's performance. So I always tell my, my caregivers, you know, don't go in there defeated. This is a brand new day. Like you just mm-hmm. said, hit the reset button. You never know what you're going to get and what may work and what you may be able to implement in future sessions to come and then even educate and train others who may be experiencing the same um, difficulty or challenges throughout other parts of the day. So very, very important. And humor. Don't be afraid to use humor. Oh, goodness. that. I mean, that's my in. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: I mean, people sometimes feel funny and in a more of an intimate setting yes. of a shower to use humor, but there are some funny things that are yes. going on and if you have that rapport it absolutely. can really just make it, everybody
5: feel more comfortable. It makes a world a world of difference and nine times out of ten I'm always telling uh, my seniors and their families well this is my second or third or fourth shower for the day because yeah. usually um it's it's pretty intimate and intense but again I try to make for the best experience possible for every party involved exactly. So Absolutely, exactly
0: mm-hmm. So what are some other uh, tips and strategies
5: and take-home messages? Well, patience Mm -hmm. is key, obviously, and I think we spoke um, on this uh, a bit earlier, just in terms of not going in with an itinerary or uh, a to-do list, but sort of – you have your have-to-do's, which sometimes yes. there are. Yes.
0: You've been waiting six months to get into that specialist, and if you don't get there, it's gonna be six months. And there are some of those real
5: realities. Absolutely. But for the most part, you need to yes. pick your battles. Absolutely, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, so just sort of taking your time, um, laying the groundwork, if you will, and participating in that dance with that particular senior. And again, just as I uh, stated before, sometimes slowing down will help you speed up those process, because now you're able uh, to, again, just. Take take on a different perspective and really pinpoint, let's see, where are these uh, triggers uh, precipitating from, or, you know, where might this behavior be leading um, us to in terms of any more challenging behaviors, again, especially as it relate to um, ADL care. So, again, just patience is key, and I know, you know, time isn't always on our side, um, but even just having, again, that rapport, I think, will sort of expedite it as well, um, and just having them know that you're not there to do something to them, mm-hmm. but with them, with. that this exactly. is, They you have know, some control. You have to give. Absolutely. You can't take it all away.
0: Absolutely. What about some of those mealtime mishaps?
5: Oh, man. Well, um, again, sometimes modifying the environment as much as we can is key. I found especially on, well, during times that I'm in communities, senior living communities, especially the larger ones, that there can be a lot of external distractions. Lots
1: of
0: stimulation.
5: Yes. <laughs> so sometimes just, um, again, modifying their context, I have had the opportunity to sort of, um, I don't want to say modify the exact meal time, but maybe having them uh, participate during the first part of the meal versus the last part, or at least the less busiest time, the least busiest time, I guess I should say, usually makes for a calmer experience for them in terms of just being able to orient uh, orient themselves to their meal items and fully participate. Um, a lot of times it's completely enjoyable just because there is that social aspect mm-hmm. and they really um, enjoy just, again, participating with some of their other um, residents or friends, if you will, in, in an environment that's typically away from the bathroom and all yeah.
0: the... <laughs> And I know sometimes families at home really struggle with the whole um, mom won't sit down to eat. So you know what? Then we do the finger foods. There you go. And it's okay. And it's kind of refocusing what we view as needs to happen. Yes. Sitting around the table versus... Let's get those calories yes. in. How can we get those calories in? and Let her walk around with a fudge yeah. pop. Let her yeah. give her French
5: toast sticks. There I mean, you seriously. Go. I mean, Absolutely. There's... And if there is a time during the day where mom is a little bit more fatigued and uh, more prone to actually sit for uh, a pretty extended length of time, then that's when I would serve mom her meal. Right. So it doesn't have to be our routine breakfast, lunch, yeah. dinner. 9, so, 12, and 5, not so much. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: So if folks want more information about how to get a hold of you and how you might be able to help, how do we go ahead and and give them that information
5: yes you can visit us on our website at www.galberthhealth.com, and that's g-a-l-b-e-r-t-h we can also be reached via phone 919-917-2971 or you can feel free to check us out on our facebook page it's facebook.com backslash
2: Again, that is www.galberthhealth.com with phone number 919 917. 2971 Latoya Galber. Thank you so much for coming in this evening. We really appreciate it.
5: Thank you. It's been my pleasure.
2: We will, uh, I'll, I was going to say we've got to take a break, but we got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to kick right. us out of the studio the here. Yeah. Can't stick around anymore. We're just having so much fun talking to Latoya. But uh, I want to remind everyone if you missed any portion of this episode or want to get future episodes online, you can go to WPTF.com, click on the podcast button, and there you can find this episode as well as every other one we've done in the past and everyone that we're going to do in the future you can find it all there on behalf of nicole cleggett i am jason kong thanking you for listening to aging matters care and comfort that surrounds you a service of transitions life care it is your life your care on news radio 680 wptf have a wonderful night
1: you've been listening to aging matters care and comfort that surrounds you on news radio 680 wptf for more information log on to transitionslifecare.org